So our Bible reading uh, this morning is from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. It's Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. This is God's word. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. And we thank God for his word. Well, summer is uh, often a time uh, for rest, to go on holiday and switch off from the busyness of work and also life in general. That is unless you have a baby or young children and then you don't get a rest. But as a parent with older children, I can say that that time does uh, pass. But summer's also a time when many people who serve in church get a break, and we're thankful for those who who step in and help out, especially to keep Sunday school going and the other things as well. Uh, But that time of rest is also a time for reflection, to ask ourselves questions like, how have I served? Are there new opportunities coming up for me to serve in church? Or, Or do I need to change what I do as I serve? At least that's what I do, I guess. Uh, That's because I have a reflective personality, but also because uh, I've been trained to assess and reflect in my theological training. But I think it's a good thing to do at any level. And so because of that, I thought it'd be helpful to look at a well-known event in the ministry of Jesus that says something about service. That short account we read about Mary and Martha. It may be short, but it has deep layers of meaning. And so we need to be careful not to think that because it is short, we can take an overly simplistic message from it. For example, some people take this passage and and make it into some kind of biblical personality test, like those ones you find on the internet that tell you what Lord of the Rings character you're most like. Uh, Is it Gandalf or Aragon or Frodo? Uh, Or tell you what Winnie the Pooh character you're most like? what best fits your psyche. Hopefully not Eeyore. I can tell you that I'm not a Tigger, uh, but I know some people who are. So in a similar vein, when it comes to this Bible passage, one author describes the two sisters like this. Mary's bent was to meander through life, pausing to smell the roses. Martha was more likely to pick the roses, quickly cut the stems at an angle, and arrange them in a vase with baby's breath and ferns. And it is true, of course, that people are different. And it's also true that just being different doesn't mean that we don't necessarily have to change. Perhaps some of us need a bit more bounce, like Tigger, and others of us need to be a bit more empathetic towards Eeyore. Another approach to this passage is to make it a prescription for the Christian life. Don't be a Martha, be a Mary. Don't be busy serving, 
spend time with Jesus. In some traditions, this translates to be contemplative, don't strive to be active, be, not do. But that's only half right, as we'll see. As the Christian blogger Ian Paul says, challenging this simplistic either-or interpretation of Mary and Martha, we still need people to put away the chairs. And so can I thank those who did put away the chairs, or put the chairs away and put them out again for Holiday Bible Club, especially Dale, who made sure to take photos to get them back in the right position. I know it's always a danger to single out one person for thanks when so many served in all sorts of ways, but better to say thank you than not at all, because service is important. And doesn't that highlight the problem with saying that Mary was right to listen to Jesus and Martha was wrong to be running around trying to be the perfect host? The Bible doesn't say that Martha was trying to be the host with the most, as if Jesus and the other guests would have been happy with a glass of water and some bread. It doesn't even mention her amazing pavlova, probably because it hadn't been invented yet, and she was the Presbyterian. So there is a, a false dichotomy, a misleading contrast, when we say it's better to draw close to Jesus like Mary than to be busy in service like Martha to say, don't be a Martha, be a Mary, as if Martha was all about service and Mary was all about stillness at Jesus' feet. So how do we resolve this? How do we learn what Luke, guided by the Holy Spirit, is trying to say to us through this text? And the answer is to pay careful attention to what it says, just like Mary paid careful attention to Jesus. And as we'll see, just like Martha also had to pay careful attention to Jesus when he spoke to her. So first, let's set the scene with a couple of things to do with context. One is the cultural context, and the other is the textual context. In other words, what Luke unfolds for us as he writes his gospel. First, a couple of things about the cultural context. One is that this is about two women. Unlike John's gospel, there's no mention of Lazarus, who was their brother. Uh, and Luke doesn't mention him because he's not relevant to what we need to learn from this passage. Clearly, he is relevant uh, when John tells us that Jesus raises him, raises him to life from the dead after saying those famous words, I am the resurrection and the life. So these verses focus on these two women who, in this culture, and still in many patriarchal cultures today, were expected to stay in the domestic sphere. Their role was to prepare food and make sure the men were looked after first. And I've seen that firsthand in Kenya and Korea. Perhaps you have as well in different cultures. It was definitely not the role of woman to sit at the teacher's feet in the posture of a disciple. So those verses, that verse uh, verse 39, which describes what Mary was doing, it actually echoes Acts, Acts chapter 22, verse 3, when Paul says he was educated at the feet of Gamaliel. And so this, this uh, image or this picture of somebody being educated at the feet of somebody was the posture of a disciple. Now, it's not that women weren't educated in the Bible in those days, but it wasn't at the feet of a teacher as a disciple. That was a male privilege which Jesus overturned. Mary was supposed to be in the kitchen with her sister. 
Secondly, it's important to know that in this culture, hospitality was incredibly important. And that means it's inconceivable that Luke intends Martha to be criticized for being busy providing hospitality for Jesus and the disciples and anybody else who had turned up to see this amazing miracle worker and teacher. Mary was doing what she was doing and Martha was doing what she was doing and both were honoring Jesus. So the problem was not with what Martha was doing, and that's good news for anybody who serves in church, especially in practical ways, uh, like catering. We see this uh, more clearly in the textual context of what Luke was writing. So Luke orders his material by theme, not always by chronology. He doesn't have a a dear diary approach that says, Jesus did this today, uh, and the next day he did that, and so on and so on. There is an overall chronology Uh, leading to the cross and the resurrection. But in between, Luke is more interested in making connections and exploring themes for our benefit as readers. So earlier in the chapter, in verses five to seven, uh, after that famous verse we looked at with the children, uh, we read about Jesus emphasizing that hospitality is absolutely critical to his mission. So he tells these 72 missionaries that he's sending out, verse five, when you enter a house, First say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. Then straight after that, in Luke chapter 10, is the parable of the Good Samaritan, which is probably better named the parable of the good neighbor. And again, we see the huge importance of hospitality as the Samaritan pays for the innkeeper to provide all that is needed in hospitality for the man who was attacked by robbers. And so then we can see clearly that Martha is doing exactly what Jesus expects her to do. And the problem is not with her doing, with her serving, it's with something else. So now we have set that scene, we can see more clearly what we can learn from this event in the life and ministry of Jesus. And it comes down to this. Our attitude is super important. Mary's attitude led her to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from him. Martha, on the other hand, was distracted, as Jesus points out in verse 41. She was worried and upset. She's so upset that she complains to Jesus and accuses him of being uncaring. Literally, she says, don't you care? And then she demands that Jesus tell Mary to help her. There is another instance of a demand like this upon Jesus to sort out a sibling. It's found in Luke chapter 12, where a man says to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And that man is rebuked by Jesus and is warned about his wrong attitude, which in in that case was greed. And to reinforce the point, Jesus goes on to tell the parable of the rich fool, the man who builds bigger and better barns to store his wealth, only to be told by God, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? In contrast with Martha, Jesus is much gentler. He uses her name twice. He says, Martha, Martha, as a sign of sympathetic understanding. He shows her that he does care for her, but he cares for Mary too. And he's not going to take away the blessing that Mary is receiving to pacify Martha's anger at her sister. 
Now, if you're a, a parent of more than one child, you know what it's like sorting out problems between siblings. Our kids have a, a strong sense of justice or injustice, which is a good thing, I think. But as parents, we need to try to be fair, but also to notice when, bad, when there are bad attitudes that need sorted out. Because as we all know, one person can be fully in the right, but have a terrible attitude. And in that case, the temptation is to appease the person who gets angry and stamps their feet. So Jesus could have resolved the presenting problem by calling Mary to help her sister for a little while. But he didn't because while Mary could have stepped into the kitchen and resolved the dispute temporarily, Jesus cared enough for Martha to help her learn something that would have lasting value. I wonder about us. Do we ever get distracted or worried and upset in Christian service? Does the service part become more important than the Christian part? Do we forget who we are serving? Do we ever look at others and resent the fact that they don't seem to be doing as much as we are, that in our opinion, they aren't pulling their weight? That happened once in a Christian team I was on uh, quite a while ago. I won't go into details, but there were a couple of people who were very active in service, much more than it was expected. They were always so helpful until partway through our time together, something happened and their attitude completely changed. They made it obvious that they resented the fact that others weren't doing uh, so much and their helpfulness turned into distance and indifference. And so one lesson I hope I learned from that is to make sure that expectations about how much service is required are made clear from the outset. But there's another dynamic going on here in this story. Mary and Martha, of course, are different. I don't think they are so different that Mary merely smelled the roses while Martha arranged them. But we can also see those differences in their personalities as we read that account of the raising of Lazarus in John's Gospel. And when we serve together as Christians, we have to take account of that too. People have different gifts, they have different focuses, they have different things that they are passionate about. One person has a strong focus on children's work, another on pastoral care, another on evangelism, and so on. And while we should be, definitely be interested and supportive of what others do, we need to recognize that we are all different. But our main focus should be on Jesus. And that leads us to the heart of what these verses have to teach us. Because the fact is that Martha did have her focus on the right thing to begin with, but somewhere along the line, she got distracted. We know she had her heart in the right place from the outset because verse 38 tells us that she opened her home to Jesus. Literally, it says she received him. And she's the one who's taking the initiative in this. Her name is right there in that verse. And it's just like Zacchaeus received Jesus into his home. That same word in the original Greek of the Bible is used. And don't we all need to do that to receive Jesus, to open our hearts to him? And many of us have, and so had Martha. She had made that first move to receive Jesus. And this was more than merely hospitality, important though that was. This was believing in Jesus and receiving him. And we see her faith all the more clearly when we look to that passage in John's Gospel as she trusts in him there. But for Martha, after receiving Jesus, that's when the distractions came. 
And I said earlier, there's a history of painting Mary as the picture of contemplative religion and Martha as the picture of active service. That's perhaps especially true in the Roman Catholic tradition. But one of the most insightful comments I found when reading about this was from a Catholic scholar. And he said that the two contrasting positions illustrated by Martha and Mary are not service and listening, but distracting preoccupations and a disciple's attitude distracting preoccupations and a disciple's attitude. Martha was inhibited from growing as a disciple of Jesus, not by her serving, but by her attitude. The word for distractions in Greek has the sense of being pulled away, and that's exactly what had happened. And so Martha needed to be drawn back from the distractions and have her focus re-centered on Jesus. And that's what Jesus did for her when Martha came to him. I don't know if you've ever had a wobble, uh, if you've been on a bicycle or rollerblading or, or skiing or some other sport that requires a sense of balance and centeredness. Or maybe you completely lost it and have the scars to prove it. I certainly do on this knee. Hopefully you learned from that wobble or even from that wipeout and it helped keep you back on track in the future. Some of you know that Giles uh, Page taught me how to snowboard. Uh, and when you're learning to snowboard, uh, it demands total concentration. Any distraction and you catch an edge and whack, you're down in the snow. I was really glad that I had a helmet and padding down the back of my trousers because you fall backwards or forwards. My recommendation is if you're learning to snowboard, do it at a time when the snow is nice and soft. Or try skiing, it's more forgiving. But above all, make sure you have a good teacher like Giles. And that's what Jesus does for Martha in this moment. When she wobbles, he's a good teacher. He doesn't tell her off for demanding that he, the king of the universe, who put all the galaxies in place, must agree with her and sort out her problem with her sister. No, he gently shows her the right way, which is that Mary, with her focus on him, has chosen the best way. It's that not that Martha needs to stop serving, but as Philip Ryken says, we need a merry heart in a Martha world, offering Martha's kind of service with Mary's attention to Jesus. So if you're having a break from the way you normally serve in church or you're looking ahead to new opportunities to serve, or even if your service continues over the summer. Take some time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Maybe even be like Martha and bring your concerns, your distractions to Jesus and allow him by his Holy Spirit to recenter you on him so that your service might always and only be for his glory and the good of others. Someone has said that we can only give out of what we first receive and that is so true. A few Sundays ago, James was speaking about Sabbath rest, and that is certainly part of it. We can't function if we're overburdened and distracted by excessive busyness. God has designed us to both work and to rest. He's also designed us to function out of a relationship with him by spending time with him and learning from him. So what does sitting at Jesus' feet look like for you? There are all sorts of ways that we can learn from him. Listening to sermons is only one. Prayerful daily Bible reading 
is another. Going for a walk and taking time to pray is another, uh, or a run, that's what I like to do. Uh, meeting people for Bible study and prayer is another. But we need to make sure that it's not a tick box exercise. Don't let it be something you do because you know that you should do it, but you need to do to get out of the way so you can get out, give your attention to all those other things that are pulling at you. I know this is true for me. I'm a task-oriented person, so I know that temptation all too well. And I think that is why these verses are in the Bible. I don't know too many people who spend time with Jesus and reading the Bible who don't serve in some way, but the temptation to serve with the, the wrong focus or on an empty spiritual tank is so much greater. God calls us to serve like Martha with a heart like Mary. And so let's come to God in prayer and ask him that he would help us do just that. Father God, we thank you for these words in the Bible that teach us about being centered on you. Father God, I thank you for every person in this place who serves in all sorts of different ways. Father God, I pray for your blessing on them. Father God, what we do couldn't happen without those who serve. And Father God, we pray that as we serve in whatever way we do that, Lord, Father God, I pray that you would help us to be centered on your son, Jesus, to have our focus fixed on him. And Father God, I pray that we'd be empowered and equipped by your spirit to serve, that you would give us insight into our service, that, you would, that we would know that as we serve, that you are pleased with us. And Father God, help us not to be distracted, help us not to get worried and upset, but to bring those concerns to you just like Martha did and allow you to set us right, put our feet in the right direction and serve you better for your glory. And Father God, help all of us to sit at the feet of Jesus like Mary, to learn from him, to grow more like him, to display his glory in our lives so that we might shine, just as we sang earlier with the kids, that we might shine with the love and light of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.